Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, hello everyone and welcome to church. It is so great to have you joining us today. Um, I'm really excited to share a message with you all today that is called Finding God in the Ordinary. Finding God in the Ordinary. 2 Kings 4, 8 to 10 says this. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there. I hope if I was ever referenced, I'd be called a well-to-do woman too. A well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She'd said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to see us. I want to read out a couple more scriptures today as well as we get into this message. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all. For the glory of God. I love that because it's talking about the most basic things. Doing it all for the glory of God. And today we're talking about finding God in the ordinary. Philippians 4, 12 to 13 says this. This is Paul speaking. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I love that scripture and it was a scripture we used earlier, I, I think earlier in the year or last year in our biblical living series talking about contentment. But this week, Jaden ran a, uh, our staff devotional and it was fantastic. And you'll get a chance, for those of you who live here in Ottawa, you'll get a chance to hear that message at First Sunday. So make sure you come to First Sunday. That's just a little um, promotion there for that night. He's going to be speaking and sharing what he shared with us at the staff meeting. He got us openly dialoguing about our relationship with God, which is a great discussion when it comes to staff discussions. That's literally why we're here in the office talking about um, you know, church and our church community and ensuring that we ourselves actually have something to give from as well. And he asked some key questions around our walk with God. One of the questions was, how do you encourage yourself in the Lord when you are feeling discouraged? A great question. And the phrase that I got in my head was, you need to know where to go. You need to know where to go. What do I mean by that? I mean, when it comes to our relationship with God, you need to know where to go. I was thoughtful of the question that he asked, what do you do when you feel discouraged? How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? And just immediately it was like, well, you need to know where to go. You need to know where to go. When I want my favorite Brussels sprouts, I know where to go. When I want 
a good coffee. And for the Brussels sprouts haters out there, because I feel like there was a generation of people who hate Brussels sprouts because they were just delivered poorly. Brussels sprouts are amazing. So before you go hating and saying, I can't be a part of this message, you wait, I'll take you to the place because I know where to go. When I want a good coffee, I know where to go. When I want to see a friend at their house, I know where to go because they're my friend. I know where they live. In your life, when it comes to God, do you know where to go? When it comes to those tough moments in life, when it comes to having to encourage yourself in the Lord, when it comes to trying to figure out a solution or looking for wisdom, or when it comes to feeling alone, a great question to be asking ourselves is, do we know where to go? One of the key parts of the journey of discipleship is ensuring that we know where to go. When I think about someone who knew where to go, or for this story, knew what to do to have a place to go, I'm thoughtful of the story in 2 Kings with the Shunammite woman. Let's read it again, 2 Kings 4, 8 to 10. One day Elisha went to Shunam, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Something that stands out to me about the scripture is just how practical she was. She wasn't setting up some crazy method to make sure that the man of God would show up to their house. She wasn't even setting up a special kind of room. She wasn't doing anything necessarily out of the ordinary. What she provided for him was a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. A bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. You know, it just, um, I was reading this and I, I just couldn't help but think, gosh, these are just the most ordinary things for creating a space, creating a room for this man of God. And for us too, I think so often we can think that what is required of us or what we need to do looks a little bit out of the ordinary, but I think God is trying to clearly um, send a message to us that he is in the ordinary things. He wants to be a part of our ordinary lives every day. These are everyday life things. It wasn't grandiose. It wasn't extra. It wasn't um, something that was hard to come by. They were ordinary things. In our discipleship series, it became clear that discipleship, discipleship itself, is about everyday ordinary things. Discipleship is about one foot in front of the other. Discipleship is about looking at your life and saying, what does my life look like? Discipleship is having habits that resonate with the walk of Jesus, that resonate with his way of doing life, which was pretty ordinary. I think we can make the mistake sometimes and think that God just wants those every now and again catch-ups that he's busy, that we're busy, that he's got things to do, that we all have things to do, and we understand that we all have things to do. But I, I don't know if that's true. I do believe that he wants to do life with us 
in all of the ordinary places. He wants to be found in the ordinary parts of our lives. He is not just limited to even a camp. We're so excited about camp coming up and we're going to be doing, you know, many prayer meetings in the lead up to that. And we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit in the lead up to that, believing that it's going to be like a watershed moment, that it's going to be a moment that we look back and for the parents, they're going to be able to say, man, my my kid had an amazing time encountering God at that camp. Perhaps there's going to be some um, people speaking in tongues. Perhaps there's just going to be a real outpouring, at least our belief is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit at that camp. But I don't think that God is limited to that camp. And I don't think that discipleship means living a life that waits until we get to camp. I don't think discipleship means living a life that waits until we get to a Sunday, that waits until we get to sit down with a pastor, that waits until we have that amazing revelation moment. I think he wants to be found in every part of our lives. Let's think about uh, the key people that Jesus encountered. John 4, 5 to 14 says this, So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. This is talking about Jesus. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did all all of his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman at the well. The woman at the well, she was just going about her ordinary life, gathering water. Is there anything more basic than that? The amazing thing about this story is that while she's there at the well, speaking with Jesus, he goes on to basically give an account of her life story. She realizes that he is the Messiah. She then leaves the well and she goes back to her town and tells all of the people her story and tells all of the people essentially the gospel of Jesus Christ and the man that she had met at the well. You know, she was doing the most basic thing and yet she had a life-changing experience. Doesn't it cause you to stop and be more thoughtful about all of the mundane, ordinary moments in your day where God may be wanting to meet with you? Think about it for a moment. What are some of the most mundane things that you do in your life? The dishes, mowing the lawn, 
maybe the washing, perhaps it's budget spreadsheets. God can meet us in those moments and be with us in those moments right throughout scripture. God is meeting with people in the most ordinary of moments. And we today have, you know, we live in the world of concerts and uh, in the world of uh, social media and things that are made to seem more than what they actually are. And I think it can be a danger as a Christian that we can, um, I guess, creep into where our expectation of where God is going to meet us is not necessarily in these day-to-day things. And yet, God clearly right throughout Scripture is trying to remind us that yes, He's the God of the camp. Yes, He's the God who came as as a cloud for Moses, um, you know, by day and as a fire of pillar by night. Yes, he's the God who splits the sea. Yes, he's the God who provided manna from heaven. He is the God of miracles. But he is also the God who is found in the ordinary places. He is also the God who met this woman while she was getting water. The most basic of things. And as a result, an entire village heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Man, that gets me excited. That, that gets me excited about my walk with God because it reminds me that my walk with God isn't just made up of these big moments. It's actually found in moments like today when I woke up and had a coffee, today when I dropped off my friend at the airport, today when I went upstairs and I got to see Jaden for just a moment. In all of those moments, there are times that we can experience God and we can be reminded that he is with us in the ordinary. Perhaps that's why David writes in Psalm 139, 1-6, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. So basic. You know when I sit down and you know when I stand up. What does that say? It says that he knows. He's interested. He's a part of it. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me, before and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. He is in all that we do, and we have a chance to find him in every part of our lives. I think about some of the disciples when Jesus called them out to follow him. They were just going about their jobs, throwing out nets, hoping to get some fish, and Jesus meets them there. I think about Joseph and Mary after being told that they would be the parents of the prophesied Messiah. What took place? Well, a baby, a baby who needed care, who needed to be fed, changed, fully God. Like what a moment. Oh my gosh, we're going to, you know, have the son of God. And then you're just at home changing diapers. I bet their expectation probably looked a little bit different. And then they quickly realized, oh, he is fully God, but he's fully man. He is found, what does that say? 
God is in the ordinary, in the ordinary things of life. God is found in the ordinary. He wants to live with us, not just be an acquaintance, but be our father, our friend and our helper. When I think about finding God in my everyday life, I think about my family and doing life with them, enjoying a movie, sitting in silence, going for a walk. God wants to do all of these things with us. I love this um, uh, quote by C.S. Lewis that the LL team put up on their Instagram this week. It says, may we, we may, sorry, we may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. I mean, how great is that line? The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. I also think about the fact that I want to know each member of the Godhead. Remember, he is three in one. Our lives with God don't have to simply look like what we were taught when we first became a Christian. There is so much to be discovered in our walk with God. I remember, you know, the moment where I realized, okay, I think I know where to go when it comes to God. I think I kind of know what it looks like. But actually, I'm going to be thoughtful. I'm going to be a little more thoughtful of this. I'm not just going to haphazardly kind of you know, this is how I have my relationship with God, I'm actually going to identify what it looks like for me. And so I want to kind of fill you in on, I guess, for me, the reason why I know where to go, the reason why for me, at least as best I can, I can find God in the ordinary. And for me, it really um, became a revelation once I realized that I wanted to know all three parts of the Godhead. And so over the last few years, I have developed my relationship with all three parts of the Godhead, recognizing that they're quite different. Yes, they're the same. They're one and the same. But they also have different expressions. And so I wanted to get to know each expression. And so this isn't a, a biblical um, teaching. This is a personal testimony on how we can find God in the ordinary and on how we can know where to go. And it works for me. And I encourage you to find out how it works for you. Like I said, we were all sitting down here in the office this week, just talking about how, how do we know where to go? What does it look like for us? And all recognizing that it all, it looks different for every single one of us. For Levi, it is routine getting up. And it's the same for Caleb Gronewag. They managed to message each other pretty much most morning, mornings with their holy thoughts because they're up together early in the morning, separate houses and spending time with God in the word. And so they find, you know, a moment to message and share thoughts. Routine, being in the word, that's what it looks like for them. They know where to go and they find God in the ordinary because they know, they have that moment, they know how to access their God. For me, it looks a bit different. Like I said, I, I discovered this whole thing for me of meeting with each member of the Godhead. And so for me these days, I wake up and I basically ask God, God, who am I going to spend time with today? And by who, I mean, is it going to be Jesus? Is it the Holy Spirit? 
or is it the father? Because for me, they all look quite different. I know that when I'm feeling prompted to read my word, to perhaps even read a book, to learn, to um, be on the go learning and being taught by God, really just discovering revelation in my word, that I'm really spending time with Jesus. I call that my Jesus time. He is my rabbi. He teaches me. He is my friend. He comes close. He speaks to me through the word. He is the word and he speaks to me through the word. And so whenever I'm feeling as though I need to sit and read and learn about the things of God, I know that there is a moment where I'm developing my relationship with Jesus, where we get to have these great conversations. But then sometimes I'll wake up and I just feel led to pray. I feel led to pray. I feel led to worship. I find myself in my lounge once the kids have left or I get a bit of space. Crank on Brooke Fraser's new album. And all of a sudden I'm just worshiping, I'm praying, I'm praying for my family, I'm praying for my husband, I'm praying for our marriage, I'm praying for our church, praying for individual members in our church, praying for breakthrough, asking God to pour out his spirit upon Canada. In those moments when I wake up and I feel led to pray and intercede and to worship, I know that that day is a day that I'm getting to know the Holy Spirit more. And then... There are days, and this for me has been a beautiful journey because over the last few years, it has almost just awakened me to the love and the goodness of the Father. There are days where I just feel led to go for a walk. I feel led to be in nature. I feel led to um, be silent and, and still and, and um, contemplate. Just be thoughtful of the things of God and my life. And in those moments, that's when the Father meets me. In those moments, I am reminded of my weakness and of the things that I've done wrong. And I, I go to God and I repent and I ask him for forgiveness and he forgives me. And then he pours out his love on me. He reminds me of who I am. Those moments for me have been absolutely beautiful. They've been incredible, but they've come as a result of me telling myself, I need to know where to go. I need to find God in every part of my ordinary life. I need to know where to go and I need to be excited about it. And so for me, just really wanting to share with every person that your relationship with God, there is so much more to it than you realize. There is so much more to God. And if you find yourself in a place where you're not enjoying your relationship with him, you don't know where to go, or perhaps you've given up knowing where to go. Let me encourage you, find him in the ordinary places. Figure out how it works for you, like any relationship. When you're sitting down with someone or you get to know someone, it's not like you, you know, all of a sudden know how the whole friendship or relationship is going to go. You have to actually put effort into it. And the more you spend time with them, the more you understand and know what is going to take place and you get excited about it. God is the most amazing person ever. There is so much to learn about him, so much to know, so many areas to grow. And because I got to keep rhyming now, we all need to know 
where to go. We all need to know where to go. Knowing where to go means developing your relationship with him so that you know what it looks like. Everyone connects with God in their own way. Today, I want to just finish with a few practical tips that I believe will help us all to find God in the ordinary. And I'll try and get through these really nice and quick because I know I've already spoken too long. Um, The first one is when he speaks, don't ignore him. When he speaks, don't ignore him. You can get away with ignoring someone who is really far away. You know, if they're really far away and they're trying to talk to you, you can get away with it. But God's not far away. (laughs) He's really close. And, you know, you can't get away with ignoring someone really close to you when they're speaking. It's rude. It's not okay. That's called a dysfunctional relationship. It's called um, being unkind and not a nice person when you ignore someone who's really close and speaking to you. That's what you do when you're trying to ignore your husband after a big argument. That's what you do when you're at your wit's end with your kids. And yet we do it with the Holy Spirit every day. And we say to ourselves, it's because it's too hard to hear his voice. I would like to challenge that because perhaps it's just that we're not spending enough time with him. We haven't recognized his voice. He's always speaking. It's not as hard as we think. Get to know his voice. Don't ignore his voice. Chat with him daily and you will find him in the ordinary. The second um, quick thought I have is just communicate daily. Just because he knows you fully, doesn't mean that you know him fully. Talk to him, even about the little things. I talk to him daily about things that my friends would not be interested in. Honestly, I I think that God just puts up with me a lot of the time, and I'm okay with that. I would, you know, I'd walk past, at the moment, the thing I've been talking to him about a lot is this huge pile of my clothes. It's not even washing. It's just clothes that I've been wearing that end up in a pile. I don't know why I don't put them back in the drawers. I don't know why I don't just put them back into the wardrobe. It just seems as though we shouldn't have even created drawers and wardrobes. Why didn't we all just get on board with throwing it into a pile? I mean, a pile works. But I feel convicted about it every time I walk past it because my husband is a very organized person. And so every time I walk past, I literally am like, God, (laughs) please help me. Help me with this laundry. As in, I know he's not going to come down and, and, you know, fold up my laundry and put it away. But I'm just looking for the strength to do it myself. The things I talk to God about range from completely ridiculous to totally not important in, you know, the average person's eyes, to the most intimate of details. But we need to talk to him about all things. Communicate daily. Find God in the ordinary. Um, My third quick point is learn to say sorry quickly. Learn to say sorry quickly. This is a value in our family. It's easy to say sorry. Genuinely easy to say sorry when you decide to just say sorry, like we would expect Ryder to apologize when he does something wrong. So God expects an apology from us. Like I said, those moments when I'm, you know, having that time with God, I, you know, I wake up, who am I going to hang out with today? Jesus, Holy Spirit, God the Father. When I spend time with God the Father, I am so grateful for the opportunity to be able to repent. Repentance 
is a beautiful thing. We've been talking recently in our staff meetings about how an apology brings peace. It's always worth it. An apology brings peace. With people, we rage against their idea because we want to be justified. We want to be right. We're concerned about reputation. None of those things matter. An apology brings peace. And when it comes to your relationship with God, if you're finding that you just can't connect with him in the everyday, perhaps there needs to be a little bit of repentance and apology and it brings peace. When you repent, it's done. It's done and there is peace. My fourth quick point as we finish up is have good manners. When it comes to God, have good manners. We forget that the Holy Spirit is a person and we need to have manners when it comes to the Holy Spirit, just like you would with your friends and your family. Say thank you. Give thanks. Be courteous. The same way you say thank you to your husband for making a cup of tea is the same way we should say thank you to God for giving us another day. Find places in your life to reference the Holy Spirit and what he's done in your life, to reference God, to talk about who he is. Have manners when it comes to our God and the person that he is in our lives. For example, if something great is going on and Jaden had done it, but people were saying, hey, that's great. I'm not just going to say, hey, thanks. I'm going to say, actually, that was Jaden. Why do I do that? Because it's rude not to. It's, it's important to have manners with our friends and family, but it's the same with God. Acknowledge him in every part of your life and start to notice that you start to recognize his goodness more and more and more, and you start to find him in the ordinary. My fifth one is share a meal together. A family that eats together stays together. Share a meal with God. Sit down, go out. If you need to get out of the house, go somewhere and don't necessarily go with anyone else. Sit down and eat and feel as though you are sitting there with the, the person of the Holy Spirit. Share a meal together. It creates intimacy and discussion. And the final one is face challenges together. Remember that he is our rock of ages. For those who are married, he is your third strand. God is in the ordinary. Your world is saturated with him. It's up to us to know where to go and to invite him into our world. I really hope that today, today I just wanted it to be a bit of a different message. A bit low key, you know, decided to sit on a stool, have a table and actually just share with with all of you and, and together be reminded that God is found in the ordinary places. He is there waiting to be a part of your life. He wants to be found in the ordinary. And I do believe that he is found in the ordinary. It is up to us to know where to go, to figure out what our relationship with God looks like, to figure out where he meets with us and how our spirit connects well with him and then continue to do that on the regular making sure that it's not a once a week thing making sure it's not once a year thing but it's an everyday journey of discipleship with our god with our rabbi with our holy spirit who so deeply longs to fill our hearts with joy 
to fill our body with strength, to fill our minds with purpose. He is there ready to help us if we would just find him in the ordinary. You might be joining in today and you don't have a relationship with God. Can I tell you that relationships are worth investing into? Absolutely. You find someone you connect with well, you find a potential spouse, and you invest into those relationships because there's life there, there's connection there. Can I just encourage any person who is watching this message today who isn't walking with God, and you're saying, Nadia, I don't even have a relationship with God. This is a relationship worth investing into. This is a relationship worth starting. God created you. He knows you better than anyone else. And so what a wonderful relationship to have with a loving father who wants to come into your life and walk with you. It's the best relationship you could ever begin and you could ever invest into. And so I wanna give you the chance to say a prayer with me. I'm gonna say a line and by repeating that line and really praying this prayer from your heart, essentially it's about repentance, what we were talking about earlier. It's about inviting Jesus into your life and allowing him to be the Lord and savior of your life and to start a beautiful journey of discipleship, which we want to help you with. I'll say a line of the prayer. And if you repeat that line, together we're going to pray that prayer, say amen at the end. And then one of our amazing hosts, if you just click that button and say, I raised my hand, essentially saying, I prayed that prayer today. You can click that button and one of our hosts will get in touch with you and we would love to help you and really support you, walk alongside you on this journey of discipleship, what it means to be a Christian, having God come into your life. And so together, let's pray this prayer. If you're watching and you're a Christian, why don't you be praying for any person who might be praying this prayer today? It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. Today I come and I ask you, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? Wash me clean, make me new. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And every person said, Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, like I said, one of our amazing hosts are going to get in touch with you and just let you know a little bit more about the Christian journey, answer any questions that you may have, and really just look to support you in any way that we can. Love you, church. Remember, this week, find God in the ordinary. In the ordinary places, that's what discipleship is all about. God is there, ready, waiting. We just need to know where to go. Love you. See you next week. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.